0: Are you looking for the perfect gift for you or a friend that loves dogs and fitness dogs and deadlifts has you covered with merchandise and giftware including t-shirts hoodies cushion covers mugs plus much more head over to teespring.com forward slash dogs and deadlifts that's t double e forward slash dogs and deadlifts or check out the link in the podcast notes. Welcome to the Dogs and Deadlifts, Building Better Dogs and People podcast. Join your host, Daniel Rose, as we discuss everything canine and human strength and conditioning. We talk to experts, hear from people in the know, and just talk the latest on strength and conditioning for both people and their pups. We are about building better dogs and
1: people. Welcome to the Dogs and Deadlifts podcast, building better people and uh, dogs. Today, I'm really excited to have a very, very special guest with us today uh, from the USA, uh, Dr. Erica Oling from uh, Northeast Canine Conditioning. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's been a, uh, a little bit of a journey with uh, yourself and, and myself in regards to uh, being a little bit of your, you know, your canine conditioning program and being a mentor to me. So I'm really happy to uh, have you here today. As I said, thank you very much for taking the time to be on the podcast.
2: Awesome.
1: So um, first of all, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I suppose where you're currently living, a little bit about your dogs, um, what you're doing with them at the moment?
2: Sure. I'm in the United States. I just recently moved to Maine up in the Northeast near Canada. And I actually have a background. I was an educator. I worked at the university as a professor for many years. And basically, I grew a hobby around canine fitness which has basically grown into a full-time business. I have an online academy where I teach people how to keep their dogs fit and healthy and prevent injuries. And uh, I also help dog trainers and business owners on the business side of things. But it really started out with the passion with my own dogs and keeping active. And my own dogs, I have right now two Belgian Malinois they're seniors. I have one that's going to turn eight very soon and one just turned 11 a couple months ago. I started out, of course, with pet dogs when I was younger and then I got involved in search and rescue because I wanted to do something a little bit more meaningful than just showing, you know, for ribbons. (laughs) (laughs) And then through the search and rescue is how I learned about more, I, I got more exposure to the Belgian Malinois breed. And at the time, I had a Doberman, and I really wanted to get involved in working dogs and get more involved in the working dog world. And um, through that connection, I got involved in the protection sports and detection, more specifically, narcotics detection. So it's kind of been an interesting journey. The fitness started when my own dog, when I started the protection sports, my own dog got injured, and he had sporadic lameness, and it took about 10 months to get him diagnosed, and we found out he had a soft tissue injury, and through the rehabilitation, I learned a lot through that time, and I learned that there had been things that he had been showing me, very subtle signs of of soreness that I had missed. And the more that I learned about fitness, I realized that I could have done a much better job in how I was preparing him for the physical demands of the sport, which is, I I do a sport with him, well, he's retired now, called French ring. To me, I think it's like the most physically demanding sport that's out there. And basically, as I learned about it, I realized there were a lot of things I would have done differently (laughs) if I had been better educated. From there, things just grew where people wanted me to start teaching them about the things that I had been learning about canine fitness. Um,
1: Just on that, um, the first thing that uh, pops into my mind at the moment is, uh, do you think there may be a a puppy on the horizon or you're over there? (laughs) (laughs)
2: I was, you know, I've been thinking about, you know, that because, you know, I want my dogs to live a really long time, but also as they get older, you know, they have more limitations Mm -hmm. right now, because my, my 11 year old has had some health issues and I'm like, I really want to spend all my, any free time I have and any extra time I want to spend with my older dog. So I'm not really too crazy to jump into a three dog family again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so as long as I can stay active, you know, with my younger dog, I'll, I'll stick with the two dog household for now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I know, I know exactly what you mean. How two dog household is, uh, you know, manageable, and you just add. You know, sometimes when you add that third, it just goes to, uh, you know, it goes to pieces a little bit. You know, especially if you had certain routines <laughs> and, um, and we all know introducing a Malinois, especially a Malinois puppy, you know, um, yeah, into the household. I <laughs> yeah, I'm you know, I've, I've gone back to two. Obviously, you know, with uh, the loss of Sunday in the last couple of weeks, uh, had the opportunity. To uh, take a, a five-year-old uh, GSP on on trial, to, um, so I'm picking him up from the airport this afternoon. So that's going to be really oh. exciting. Um, yeah. So we got yeah we went back to two for you know mm-hmm. a, a, a few weeks. You know, but we'll trial him for a month I mean, just to make sure that he's uh, going to uh, be adequate for the beginning cross and uh, bike draw. So really excited about that as well. But yeah, we my wife was like, oh, how nice is it for two dogs. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I know. I was like, you know, I, I do a lot of canny cross with my mm-hmm. my younger dog, mm-hmm. and if I could not exercise with him because I can't, I can only do short distances with my older dog. I don't know what I would do. I would maybe be out borrowing a dog or something.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, no, that's great. So you touched on that. Um, you know, the previous injuries to your dog, which sort of led you through discover uh, canine fitness and then from there you had a founding knowledge and then from there uh, people you know were asking to, for you to help um, progress their dogs in, in different aspects of you know canine fitness and canine conditioning before we sort of get into those different aspects of uh, strength and conditioning or, or fitness can you give me a bit of a rundown on your own own opinion right now on I suppose where the US where the world is or you know what you're seeing you speak to a lot of trainers. Is centered around canine fitness or canine conditioning, you know, whatever terminology you like to use. I like canine fitness, you know, um, yeah. you know where sort of people are right now. Let's you know, um, obviously, I've got my opinions, but we'll have a bit of a, a chat about um, where we're where the world is at right now in you know, strengthening, you know, moving forward. I suppose. Can I get, yeah, you know, can we hear about that?
2: Yeah. Well, I know some recent research is really showing, especially here in the U.S. and North America, we're really much in a kind of a obesity pandemic (laughs) with our dogs. Mm -hmm. And the obesity rate just keeps increasing. And we're seeing increased um, health problems and dogs dying earlier Mm -hmm. due to obesity-related health conditions. So... In general, we're not in a very good state. Uh, many people here in the United States do not know what a healthy dog should look like. They see a healthy dog and they think the dog is too skinny because so many people have overweight dogs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the things that we're, I find we're challenged is educating people on what is a healthy weight and good body condition for a dog. What does that look like? And then the other thing I see, it kind of varies by the audience. I find that in the general pet dog world, there's still a lot of people that think that exercise is like a walk around the neighborhood. And, you know, it's like us, you know, to get good cardio activity, we need to get our heart rate up and we have to get our heart rate up. The recommendation is usually for about 20 minutes or more for a good cardio workout. And, you know, our dogs need more than just, you know, walking on a leash at a leisure amble, you know, unless they have health problems or there is mobility problems, yep. but it really is not enough for the physical and the mental benefits. So I find in the general pet dog population, the dogs aren't getting enough exercise. Mm-hmm. And the dogs, you know, are not typically an in, in average, they're not at a good weight. In the sport dog world, what I find is that people are very committed and very laser focused on their sport. Mm-hmm. But what happens is they're not cross training and they're creating issues because their dog is becoming imbalanced in the kind of activity they're getting maybe more cardio and no strength you know little strength training or they're doing more strength training and little cardio or they're weekend warriors and they're only training hard on one day a week And then the rest of the day, weeks, you know, they're not doing um, a good balanced fitness program. So what happens like a, a human athlete, we want to have a professional athlete. They do strength training, cardio, massage, stretching, sports specific training, and you need a nice balance. When you don't have that balance, you build weaknesses. You're building strengths, but you're also building weaknesses due to the imbalances. And those weaknesses can lead to injuries. And we do see that. We see in some sports a lot of repetitive use injuries and and high-impact sports. So I find in the sport dog world, the challenges are either like these weekend warriors where their dogs aren't conditioned enough to handle the demands of one day a week of high-intense activity, or the owners are super, super committed, but... They're not doing a balanced program, and their dogs are getting more areas worked than others, and that's creating imbalances and weaknesses. And then in the working dog world, what I see with the working dog world is you have a lot of very highly driven, think of police dogs, right? Very highly driven, high drive, high energy typically, you know, pretty healthy dogs, if they're not healthy, or they have health issues, they either retire them or get rid of, you know, they get rid of them. <laughs> you know, they, they, they want to spend money on dogs that are going to have a long working career. Mm-hmm. So the challenge with the working dogs is you get these dogs that on a first appearance have are amazing athletic abilities, and they're high energy and high drive, they do amazing things. But a lot of times the the Handlers are not aware that the dogs can be taken to a whole nother level a much higher level of fitness if they had a fitness program a, a structured fitness program for that dog so these dogs also are in danger of the weekend warrior syndrome they're in danger too of, of being very laser focused and not you know having a balanced program but I find a lot of these people they just the dogs look so athletic and, and healthy and fit that they usually don't even think about fitness as being an issue when sometimes it very much is. And then unfortunately, we do see overweight dogs. I I see overweight working dogs, overweight police dogs, overweight search and rescue dogs, and that's interfering with their ability to do their job. So it's education of the handlers, again, is what is healthy? What does healthy and fit look like versus a dog being out of condition and being overweight? Just, just
1: for our, uh, I suppose, our, our first-time listeners, uh, you obviously mentioned. So you have uh, your sporting dog, which you refer to as, um, you know, it can be any form of sport really, from agility right through to, um, I'm going to say, Irish And then, but that's yeah. the way, that's that's like 2000. In 2000, we're calling it that <laughs> uh, French ring, Mondio. And then you've got your working, um, we you as police, military, um, security type dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and obviously there are three different categories all you know all face challenges you know different challenges, but in the same you know very similar in some ways and so it comes back to just education you know um, yes. the the more people that potentially uh, are out there educating on online fitness you know the obesity uh et cetera that are off the general the general public, and those you know those working dog handlers and owners will uh, will be for sure
2: yeah. Definitely. Education is key that yep. across the board for, for, for all of them. Definitely.
1: Yeah, yeah for sure. righty. So let's, um let's jump in uh, on your website. Um, it also said, uh, Erica is on a mission to teach others how to best meet the needs of the canine athlete. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about your elite canine athlete program?
2: Yes, we do have a brochure. Um, mm-hmm. If If they go to, um, it's just Elite Canine Athlete. It's the letter K and the number nine, EliteCanineAthlete.com. They can actually download the brochure. They can also go to the website. It's NortheastCanineConditioning.com. And again, it's the letter K, not the word, the letter K and the number nine. And the Elite Canine Athlete program, what I, I found was when I was studying and learning about massage and conditioning is there were other canine fitness programs out there, but they were not attending to the unique needs of the sport dog and the working dog or that real high drive family pet and the level of fitness that you need for say a pet dog versus a a high level working dog, you know, like a police dog Mm -hmm. or a search and rescue dog or a high level competitor in sports, the level of fitness and the unique demands on those dogs is very different from a lot of the pet dogs. And also a lot of times the kinds of dogs that we have, the real high drive dogs, that drive puts them at a higher risk for injury because a lot of times they've got more drive than brain (laughs) and they don't pay any attention you know, to bodily harm or things like that. So I saw there was a need for a focus for canine fitness but also speaking to the unique needs of the sport and working dog and then this is an online program that helps educate people and in-depth, a very comprehensive program, and people can actually become certified, a certified canine athlete specialist, so that they can help others, other dogs and handlers, become fit and healthy. So it's an online program that teaches about how to assess the dogs, You know, what are their needs, how to develop fitness programs. And we ended up attracting a lot of dog trainers in the program who wanted to integrate fitness into their business for their pet dog clients and their other clients. So in addition to getting support for how to, you know, build fitness programs, they also got support in the program and how, how do you educate others? How do you teach others and how do you integrate this into your business? It's a really, really nice program for people who really want to, who are very passionate about fitness and they want to go in depth and they really want to learn as much as possible about fitness and building fitness programs for multiple audiences. And uh, what's great is it's an online program. That's how we met. (laughs) You could be anywhere in the world and we've got graduates from all over the world in the program. And we do have programs, you know, not everybody is ready or they're not sure if they want the full commitment you know not everybody wants to teach canine fitness or Mm -hmm. you know not everybody wants to work with other dogs they just want to work with their own dog so we do have other programs that are available for people who have a different focus Mm -hmm. but for those that are you know just really want to learn as much as possible. They wanna learn, you know, as comprehensive of a program as they can. They want to design programs for different types of dogs. You know, maybe you have a young dog and an old dog and a pet and a sport dog. It helps people develop the knowledge base so that they no matter what kind of dog you have in front of you, you can help determine what are the needs for that dog and how to customize a program for them. Not everybody in the program is a dog trainer, not everybody, but I would say we definitely have a lot of people interested in the program. We do have some people in the program who just are passionate about fitness. And they're like, I want the most comprehensive program. I want to learn in depth Mm -hmm. how to help my dogs. And so it's a very um, practical program. It's not just go and click on a video and click on a multiple choice quiz. It's very interactive. There's online videos, but we have biweekly group coaching calls. We meet together. We, you can ask questions. You get over six hours of one-on-one coaching. So I think of it more like an online mentoring program. It's not like a, it's much more than a, co- a course. I look at it as, as like an ongoing, uh, a more long-term uh, mentoring and coaching program to educate people on canine fitness. And there are course you know online content that you have access to but it has a lot more support for people in it
1: And as you mentioned that's how um how obviously how we met and uh, i am also you know, a graduate of uh, of the, the elite online um athlete program so we won't make it all uh, all sales here at all but um i certainly uh, for those listeners uh, out there definitely if you're interested in uh, finding out more head over to those um those, uh, links and i'll put them in the notes as well for uh check it out so here at Dogs and Deadlifts, we're obviously about ups and people. Uh, I'd love to, I know that you've been running some awesome online challenges at the moment in, in your Facebook community, especially the last one was 50 kilometres. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. It was
2: 50 kilometres. <laughs> yeah.
1: Let's uh, let's have a chat about those. How have they been going? And um, do you feel like, you know, obviously with COVID, you know, people being potentially in lockdown or, or allowed to go out and exercise in, you know, depending on the country, you know, uh, restricted on certain exercises. Yeah. Let's have yeah, let's have find out a little bit about how how they've been going. You started it obviously a little bit, not didn't everyone didn't start at fifty kilometers, but yeah.
2: <laughs> it actually it actually started at five kilometers and then it went to twenty kilometers and then it went to fifty kilometers. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I started it was because I needed more motivation for myself to get out and, and do more exercise with my dogs. Mm-hmm. And I wanted it so that it was not like, I didn't want it to be competitive on like, you know, who gets to 50 kilometers first. I wanted it to be like, just let's go out and celebrate being active with our dogs. Mm-hmm. So you can walk it, you can run it, you can bicycle, you can ski jore, you can bike jore. <laughs> and the idea is it was over a period of a couple of months that you accumulate and, and just add up those kilometers. And then we had little prizes and medals Mm -hmm. and we have a Facebook group where uh, it's called get fit and active with your dog. And in the Facebook group, it's what the real power of the the 20K and 50K challenge was that people in the Facebook group would post, um, you know, sometimes daily, they would post their activities with their dogs and photos and videos from all over the world. And everybody was, they would say how it was so motivating, you know, that they would see people out doing things with their dogs. And then they'd be like, oh, you know, I think I'll go walk a mile with my dog or let's go do some stuff in the backyard. And the great thing was, is, you know, we had people that never really did much exercise themselves, people who had never gone jogging, (laughs) you know, and, and that was not their intention, but they found that by being a part of the group and seeing everybody doing all these, you know, fun things with their dogs, that they started to get involved and just gradually start to do more and more. And the next thing you knew, people were breaking all kinds of personal records <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because, you know, they were just motivated and they found it was very motivated. And with COVID, you know, we had some people say that, you know, that was the one thing that, you know, they, you know, they looked forward to and that, that helped, um, you know, deal with all of the the, the challenges and the psychological challenges of, of you know, being home and not, you know, your, your regular daily routine being disrupted. And they found that it was just really nice and motivating and something fun. And the added benefit was it was, you know, their dog and they themselves were getting um, exercise and, you know, and we know that research shows just being outside and just being outdoors and walking for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, we know that that boosts our mood, it makes us feel better. And so I think it's been just awesome with the, you know, during COVID to help people to do that. And some, no, not every, people can't always get outdoors, you know, like right now in the United States, all the fires on the West Coast, people can't go outside because the air quality is bad. And so Sometimes we would be like, you know, just post doing something active with your dog. It can be yeah. playing pug in the in the living room, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. just the, you know, you're not doing kilometers maybe, but you know, the, the idea is to just get active with your dog, do stuff with your dog. Yeah. So it, it's been a really nice community.
1: For and like people. you said, you know, no, no pressure to, you know, it's not like there's a, to race, you know, like Monday we start, you know, and by Friday or, or the weekend you have to hit 50 fifty kilometres. You know, there's no pressure, and over a period of you know an extended period, just to get those people out and about is fantastic. So I put I the twenty, not the, not the fifty. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, obviously, with the boys and a few things up uh, I tried give the fifty a miss, a miss but uh, you know, thoroughly enjoyed our twenty. Uh, Twenty-kilometer challenge, which was fantastic. So, you yeah, know, really, I give you a good, good, you know, well. And I really like that the community and uh, you know people are, are supporting each other just to get fit and active. You know, I'd love to see uh, some more of it, which is fantastic. Yeah. All righty. So I just wanted to uh, move on to, um, in your opinion, I suppose, just quickly uh, before we uh, we wrap things up on a balance. You know, just a, a quick rundown on on a balanced fitness. Uh, a canine fitness program and also three top tips for the listeners out there to get started in their uh, on their, their canine fitness journey so uh, can you give
2: us a- yeah. yeah so the first thing I would recommend is to get educated because if you don't go about it the proper way sometimes we think we're helping our dogs but we're actually hurting them so you know, I, I mentioned the website. We have uh, the Northeast Canine Conditioning dot com, and we have the Elite Canine Athlete Program. But also, I have tons of free stuff available on my Northeast Canine Conditioning Facebook business page. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a Facebook Live every Friday, and a lot of times we talk about fitness topics. And there's a, you know, there's. Depending on how much you want to learn, you know, if you want to invest time and and money and and get guidance and support, or if you just want to, you know, read on your own, but however you do it, I think number one is kind of dedicating yourself to to fitness, you know, having a healthy dog and educating yourself to see, you know, what does, what does that mean and, and what are, how to move forward safely. And what you do with a puppy is different from what you do with a, a mature dog there are certain dogs with health conditions or issues where you don't want to do cardio exercise, or you don't want to do strength training exercises, you need to go to a, a veterinarian and, and, and get, you know, help. So even knowing number one is, you know, is your dog healthy? And, and what is age appropriate for your dog and educating yourself on that is really important. So education is huge. The second thing is, once you dedicate to really committing to being active and being, you know, helping your dog be fit is to start gradually. So it doesn't mean that, you know, oh, wow, I'm all motivated and excited. So now we're going to go out for, you know, a four mile hike with my dog who normally hangs out on the couch all day. (laughs) And so, you know, you don't want to jump into something. It's great to be motivated and excited, but you want to ease your dog into it if your dog's not used to, you know, doing multiple miles or, you know, doing exercise, you know, 3 hours nonstop on a long hike, you want to make sure you ease into it and do that properly with education. And then the third thing is you have to be consistent. Because if you get super motivated and you train and exercise over the next 3 weeks, and then you do nothing for the next six weeks, <laughs> your, your dog's getting deconditioned and you're losing all the benefits, all the amazing benefits, the health benefits and the mental and psychological benefits of the exercise that you just did. So if you're not consistent with it, and it's okay every now and then if you, you know, get behind and your dog's gonna bounce back a lot faster if, you know, if they're healthy. And if you take you know, Christmas vacation and you go two, three weeks and you're not doing a lot, But the idea is, you know, you want to get back into a regular routine and ease back into it. Because the biggest thing I see with people, especially with the sport dogs, is they're very sporadic in their activities. And so they're not really giving their dog a fair chance to get stronger, get more athletic, get more fit, because the training is very inconsistent. So it should be something, you know, maybe you can't dedicate every day, but it's something that you should have, you know, on a weekly basis, there are things that you're planning and doing with your dog, you know, multiple times throughout the week, if possible, to maintain activity. And, and I would also add here, it's also really important that you maintain activity for as long as you possibly can through the lifespan of your dog. Now, as your dog gets older or has physical limitations, talk with your veterinarian to see what modifications you need. But a lot of people I see as the dogs get older, they just kind of, you know, retire them and they don't take the dog out as much or they don't do the activities like they did when they were young. And as they get older, they start losing a lot of muscle mass. They start, you know, their their senses start to deteriorate and they can go downhill much, much more quickly when they're not keeping active. So I would just caution people, you know, you have to make accommodations for the older dogs. But for me, my older dogs, my oldest dog, I'm more committed to his fitness because if he loses mobility, it's a lot more devastating than a younger dog who is inactive for a while because it's going to affect him much more quickly in his mobility and his quality of life. So it's important at all life stages, but you have to make modifications on the life stage. You know, a two month old puppy is going to have a very different activity level than a 12 year old dog. And so you have, to, again, education, you have to be educated to know how to modify for the different life, you know, spans of the dog the different ages so that you don't end up, hurting your dog or, you know, not doing enough to see the benefits.
1: And like you said, you know, having, you know, having most, you know, if you look at uh, the sport dog, you know, community for instance, you know, they are, they've got seven days worth of activities planned out you know and everything that they'll do but generally that you know fitness tends to fall off the list (laughs) you know so you know they've got tracking they've got blinds they've got you know certain aspects of their obedience broken down into very very small that they're working on but yeah the um there doesn't seem to be you know planned for much fitness in in that seven day period if if we look at it you know so having a goal having a plan but also as you mentioned first protocol is um you know, to speak to your veterinarian and uh, get a, an all clear, of course, you know, so we always recommend that you speak to your veterinarian before you commence any canine fitness program. But yeah, that's really interesting that, you know, uh, you mentioned those things. Um, so is, uh, is there anything in particular that you'd like to add um, today? So we're going to wrap it up in the next couple of minutes. And I would really want to say thank you. Thank you very much for uh, spending the time episode one here on the dogs and deadlifts podcast. (laughs) Um, I really thank you very much. I just want to finish off. Yeah. Anything else that you feel like you wanted to add? I know that we can go into, you know, each subject has their own podcast. If you like, you know, whether it's talking about heat, data analysis, you know, balance, proprioception, all those elements, you know, you can go so deep. Today, I just wanted to do, you know, overview of uh, um, meeting us about yourself and then sort of, Essentially, if we, we, um, we get the likes, the, the subscribes and the, the positive feedbacks, we can go into some more details another time. <laughs> but um, yeah, just everything you wanted to add about that. And also those websites, again, all those links where people can find out a little bit more information.
2: Yeah, um, I just remind people that the, the Facebook group is a free group. Um, mm-hmm. Anybody, we would love to have people come and join us and, and share photos and videos of their dogs all mm-hmm. around the world. So that's the Get Fit and Active with Your Dog Facebook group. They can just search for it, or we, we'll put a link down. Mm-hmm. Like I said, if they want more information, I've got the Northeast Canine Conditioning, the Facebook uh, business page. They can click on videos. There's a bunch of videos there. If they want to look up about the Elite Canine Athlete program, just go to EliteCanineAthlete.com. Again, it's the letter K and the number nine, elite EliteCanineAthlete.com. And I guess what I would leave people with is explore and try different things and find out you know you you want to keep it fun and find a way to keep things fun because if it's not fun you won't be consistent you won't follow through and you know, I've done different various activities with my dogs throughout the years. And sometimes when I feel like I there's been times where my own motivation had dropped, like I told you, I did the 5k and 20k and 50k for my own motivation. Yes. And um, sometimes people like in some sports, sometimes it means um, stepping away from your sport or picking up a new sport or picking up a new hobby. And um, every time I've had a change, you know, I did from I went from the protection sports and then I went to the detection work and then, you know, the canny cross. And, you know, every time I try new things and pick up new things and meet new people, it's very invigorating and very motivating. So um, kind of check yourself in kind of that internal monitor and what's your own passion and and interest and excitement. And if you're not doing things or hanging out with people or, you know, that are motivating you and, and making you excited is, do a little bit of research because there's so many wonderful, wonderful things happening nowadays. So many wonderful things we can do with our dogs from fun to structured to competing or not competing. I really do think there's something for everybody to, to you know, get motivated and, and, and get more active with their dogs. So that's what I would encourage people is just whatever you choose to do is to just get out there and get more active and, and find something that lights your fire and gets you interested. <laughs> because that's going to get you up and that's going to get you out, out the door or even doing stuff at home with the dog.
1: Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Okay. Once again, thank you very much for, uh, for joining us today. I really, once again, I really appreciate your time. To the listeners out there, if you like what you've heard today, please feel free to uh, like, subscribe, share. It really means the world to me. Thank you very much.